Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's probably the strongest through line of the film is when you idolise your parents realising they're not only not perfect but kind of terrible. Mm. Which everyone does. Yeah. I mean, you, you may not realise that your parents are terrible, hopefully no. you won't, but you will certainly realise that they are flawed. Yeah. With my children I'm kind of surreptitiously laying the groundwork. Every now and again, I'll drop a hint, so it won't be total, <laughs> it won't be total shock when they find out what I am. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 43 of Flixwatcher Podcast. I'm Kobe. I'm Helen. And today we are joined by Zoe Jayers. Hi. And Adam Buxton. Nice to be with you. And we're going to be talking about the squid and the whale. Come find us on Twitter at FlixwatcherPod. Visit the website flixwatcher.tv for full listings and don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. And as we always say, guys, all the films were available on Netflix at the time of recording. There was going to be bad language, there's going to be spoilers, and we hope you enjoy it. In this episode, we're joined by Zoe and Adam, and we're going to be looking at Zoe's choice of film. But before we get to that, would you like to say hello and uh, tell us where we can perhaps find you online? Hi, yeah, I'm Zoe Jays. Uh, I'm the producer of the London Podcast Festival, where we're recording from today. Um, woo. Now in its second year. <laughs> That's a callback. Um, and I'm comedy programmer here at King's Place. You can find us kingsplace.co.uk. Uh, my name is Adam Buxton. I am uh, the host of the Adam Buxton podcast, as well as being a brilliant and internationally renowned actor, writer, <laughs> painter and jazz saxophonist. Oh, wow. So we're talking about the squid and the whale. This is Zoe's choice. Yeah. Zoe, can you tell us what happens in the squid and the whale? And first of all, actually, why did you choose it? Um, I am a big Noah Baumbach fan. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I, I Baumbach. <laughs> Bumback. Yeah. <laughs> Fanny pack. Boundback. 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 Should yeah. we go with that? Boundback. Okay. Boundback. It's lost all meaning. You're a big fan of Noah. <laughs> I am a big fan of Noah. <laughs> Who isn't? Um, particularly his uh, more recent collaborations with his partner, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know yeah. they were together. Right. Yeah. Um, Francis Hara and Mistress America are probably two of my favourite films of the last 10 years. And at the time when I chose this, neither of those were on Netflix. Though, uh, I, in the last few days, it looks like Mistress America has been added. So if you haven't seen that yet, I thoroughly recommend it. I haven't, and I um, will watch it. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's one of the funniest films I've ever seen. Uh, I kept wanting to pause it in the cinema because the, <laughs> the jokes are just so rapid fire. It's such an incredible script. It I'm is. Just, yeah, it was amazing. 
So yeah, he was a frequent collaborator with one of my favourite directors of all time, with Wes Anderson, which is how I first, first became aware of you him. You and Helen should be the best of friends. Yeah, <laughs> Noticing a theme. Um, and I, I'm still glad I chose this over Mistress America because I haven't seen it for a long time and it's, it's really interesting to see how it holds up and compares to his work with Greta Gerwig. When did The Squid and the Whale come out? 2005. Oh. When he was still married to Jennifer Jason Lee. What? Jennifer Jason Lee. How old? Who she's he quite co- a lot older than him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's credited as, as a writer on uh, Margot at the Wedding, which she made a couple of years after. Oh. Yeah. And then, um, this is bound back gossip. And then, uh, and then he made <laughs> he made Greenberg, which I think Jennifer Jason Lee also has a writing credit on, which Greta Gerwig stars in. Right. Yeah. And now he's... Um, Who else is in Greenberg? I'm trying ben to Stiller. Oh, yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that was good. Did I like it? I'm trying to think. <laughs> There's another Ben Stiller, While We Were Young. While, yeah. we, were young. while we Were Young, I'm thinking of. The, yeah. That's the one, one I liked. With but Ad- Greenberg was good too, though, I think, wasn't it? Greenberg, what was it about? not great. It's what all those films are about. It's He's about an older of, guy yeah. falling for a younger, kooky girl. Self-absorbed. It, <laughs> I mean, because he, he can be um, described as a kind of hipster superstar director. Yeah. Back, yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. No yeah, I mean... These films, and certainly, you know, just some, that aspect of his personal life, you know, working with, uh, having relationships with co-stars and the, I think the difference maybe between his earlier work when he was with Jennifer Jason Lee and now what he's doing with Greta Gerwig, there are certainly comparisons with Woody Allen and particularly yeah. in the skewering of intellectualism and a comedy of superiority. Um, I just love him. I really, really love him. So that's why I picked it. And Helen was super happy when you, when you did. Yeah, just... M- You've kind of said all the things, really. I mean, Wes Anderson and Noah is kind of like a sort of film double bill. I mean, it's it's kind of got its little similarities with the Royal Tenenbaums, but they're both, mm. they're similar, but they're different. This but is much more humanist and less whimsical. Yeah, That's true, isn't it? Because Wes Anderson, much as I like him, sometimes I get overquirk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this one was a bit more straightforward. Yeah. Well, if straightforward anything- in storytelling type, but the story is a bit... I mean, it's well, just kind of one story, story isn't it? Do you want to get onto this synopsis? Because yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. This is very much semi-autobiographical. This is what his childhood was like. You know, he grew up in Brooklyn in the 80s and his parents got divorced. Can we, which, um, and which, the, which child is he based on? I, I don't know. You know, okay. I was wondering that. And we can, cause, you know, we can talk about Walt and Frank a bit later. But apparently the joint custody arrangement that they have in this film, the ridiculous one when they alternate days and then have... Um, every, every other, other every other Thursday is is actually the custody arrangement that Noah Baumbach's parents right had. because the premise of the film is that his uh, sort of New York intellectual writer parents are getting having a messy divorce. Yep. she's had an affair. She has, yes. And uh, but he, he he's but, just an arsehole. But he's yeah. an arsehole, yeah. so he's been playing the field himself anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not it's it, not it's not explicitly. But yeah, it's implied. You presume it? that he's been sleeping with his students the whole time, mm. based on his behaviour. And film. they have two young children, two boys. Yeah, they have Walt, who's sixteen, who's Jesse Eisenberg, and Frank, who's twelve. Was this Jesse Eisenberg's first film, or just pre-fame? I don't know. When did Roger Dodger come out? I feel like I don't think it was, was his first, but it was one of his. It was sort of one of his breakthrough break ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. It was when he time. was still very much uh, doing you know, his Woody Allen impression. Michael Sarah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When yeah. when was the Arrested Development out? Well, that was because it's two thousand five. But he wasn't in that. No. I know he wasn't in that, but Michael Sarah was. Oh, yeah. I think Arrested Development was maybe two thousand and four. But did did Baumbach's parents get divorced? Yes. Yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is. Very much semi-autobiographical, apparently. How much his family's lives span out of control, um, like these four individuals do, I don't know. 
that's essentially it. There's not a huge lot of no. plot synopsis. It's um, it doesn't get too extreme, does it? It's no. not like people getting murdered. And- no, absolutely not. <laughs> There's no. Um, you know, they they to an extent go their sort of their four separate ways. Though it's probably worth saying that uh, Laura Linney's character Joan gets a bit shortchanged. She's not a particularly prominent figure in the film. It's very much about the men in the family and the the paternal and fraternal relationships. Yeah. I think and Billy Baldwin. And Billy Baldwin. Oh my God, he's so great in this film, brother. Oh, is he? <laughs> you didn't like him. I, I think I he's hilarious. <laughs> tennis not having coach. Baldwin. Not having Baldwin. Not Billy. The most, the most second famous Baldwin. Yeah, we're, We've we're, agreed we're in agreements. Yeah. Number two. Yeah, Jesse Baldwin Eisenberg list? in this film will call him a minor Baldwin. <laughs> he's a bit weird, Billy, isn't he? He looks like. Um, well, it's weird when. The minor brothers pop up sometimes, like, well, especially Eric Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's such a stark contrast. The Hollywood siblings are fascinating, to yeah. his yeah. sister, yeah, it's really weird. Who was it that I saw? Oh, no, this is... Bo Bridges. No, it was someone's, someone's <laughs> brother the other day, or sister, or maybe... Uh, it doesn't matter. Well, I rewatched um, Groundhog Day a few weeks ago, and, and Bill Murray's brother's in that. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Who does he play? He plays the mayor of uh, Puxatawney. What? No yeah, way. Yeah. That's, um, that's Brian, Brian Dorm. Yeah, that's his brother. Good fact. Those All right, who fact. can sing the music that is playing when they go and do the uh, Groundhog Report? I don't... I'm guessing don't, you can. Uh, yeah, I think maybe you, Adam. <laughs> can you honestly not remember I can it? hum it. I yeah, don't hum think, it, go, I on, go on, go That's what I was after. There you go. <laughs> Could you guys have remembered that? I would never have. No. It's one of those tunes. In. Yeah. It's it will be in my head forever. Forever. Let's talk about the, the characters in it, I guess, one by one. <laughs> who, do want to, who do we want to take on first? Well, Walt and Bernard kind of come as a pair, right? I think Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Daniels. I always do that when I'm talking about this film because yeah. it feels like a Jeff Bridges part yeah. more than it does a it's Jeff Daniels part. Beard. It's because yeah. he's got a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Daniels and Jesse Eisenberg. They probably spend the most time on screen together. Yeah, that's kind of a, it's an odd relationship where Jesse Eisenberg's Walt just literally absorbs everything that his dad kind of puts upon him. It's horrible to see him being so influenced by his father. Yeah, so. to the extent he kind of idolizes him. He yeah. does, and I think that's probably the strongest through line of the film is real when you idolize your parents realizing they're not only they're not flawed. perfect but kind of terrible mm. which everyone does yeah. i mean <laughs> you, you may not realize that your parents are terrible hopefully no you won't but you will certainly realize that they are flawed yeah and uh, it's a it's a sad moment obviously for any <laughs> child i'm trying to with my children i'm c- kind of surreptitiously laying the groundwork every now and again i'll drop a hint or a little i'll Put a clue in, so it won't be total, <laughs> it won't be total shock when they find out what it's. Uh, how old are your kids? I have three, and they are currently aged nine, thirteen, and fifteen. Okay, so this they is... are the, especially the boys are going to be finding out pretty mm-hmm. soon. Now, I think you're doing pretty well if the fifteen-year-old kind of is still. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of limitations? With... <laughs> yeah, Walton, Walton, his dad. Walt is. I don't know who's the worst out of the two. Do you think? I think definitely Jeff Daniels is the worst because Walt's Walt's copying his father and he's just a particular kind of terrible human. He's got this horrible mix of like arrogance and insecurity. It just, ugh, just. There's a quote, there was a line from the film where he says, she's not gorgeous, but she's cute. Oh, it's yeah. that kind of, and when things are Kafkaesque 
And she's like, well, of course it is. It's but that's Walt him. though, right? That's, that's <laughs> the things Walt says, but they're the sort of things that his father would say. Like he's completely besotted by this girl at school, Sophie, to start with. Mm. And then his father says things like, well, she's not the type of girl like I would have gone for at your age. You know, and it, and it starts laying these seeds of doubts. He's desperate for his father's approval. He sort of wants his dad to fancy this girl. You know, That's the Anna like, Paquin character. No, Anna Paquin is, is one of Jeff Daniels' students. Oh, yes. Um, and he invites her to come and live with them because she's got nowhere to stay. And they both kind of lust after her yeah. equally. But um, that's what ultimately, you know, the shades fall from Walt's eyes when he walks in on his dad with, with Anna Paquin. Right. Yeah, kind of groping her. I mean, I think they're both into it. I just think he realises his dad's an arsehole. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't quite realise it then. It's when they're in the hospital when he finally oh, realises it. Oh, God, yeah. No, you're right. What happens in the hospital again? Even though I saw it like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but basically, Jeff Daniels has kind of a, a minor heart attack or something. And um, basically, the only one who appears to have come to see him at the hospital is Welp and... Um, he sort of says, oh, you know, give me a pillow. And it's like, you know, maybe maybe we can get some breakfast, you know, get some breakfast. And he just kind of realises, like, no, actually, I, d- I, d- I don't want to do that. Yeah. And sort of walks off and you just think, yes. And that's when he runs to the um, to the museum to look at the, the diorama of the squid and the whale. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which is... And I, what's the significance I, of that? Can we... I think I did give some I thought was, to this. At the time, I felt very... Uh, intellectually compromised i think his parents are the squid and the whale you know and they're sort of locked in this you know the divorce is the battle that they're having where they're sort of consuming each other remind me of what the actual diorama in the museum looks like is it the is it the is it them battling yes right right right. it's a squid kind of wrapped around the sperm whale yes i must have i must have understood that (laughs) yeah that doesn't reflect well it's also yeah i was i was a bit tentative then but i i think that is what it is (laughs) that's gotta be it surely (laughs) i hope so but also, it's the happy times when he was with his mother. Yeah. And so he's. But it's but, kind of it's a conflict. He says he couldn't bring it? himself to look at it when he was yeah. a child. That's why the that's that's how why the metaphor works. When mm-hmm. he was a kid, Laura Linney would take him to the museum at the Natural History Museum, and he would cover his eyes. Like he couldn't bring himself to look at the squid in the well. And I think that's what that moment is. I think it's him forcing himself right. to look at the reality of his parents Except and how they are destroying at a each other. In a well in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> so he's still got a way to go. <laughs> And the other reason it's called that is because Jeff Daniels smells of fish and Laura <laughs> Linney's absolutely huge. <laughs> I think you're right though, Helen. I think there is something to the fact that he's realised that, oh shit, it was my mum that actually was the, the better parent, quote Things, unquote. And he then, doesn't quite realise it because yeah. he's so self-absorbed. I mean, we haven't mentioned that one of the hilarious things is that he tries to pass off Hey You Fantastic. as his own song. Oh, oh, the talent yeah, contest. Yeah, that's a funny scene. His his justification for that is wonderful. He says, yeah. uh, "I could have written it, so the fact I didn't is a technicality." <laughs> <laughs> but this is like this is 2005. I knew as soon as he started playing the chords, I knew it was a Pink Floyd song. I don't know how many stupid people there were in the audience that he could. Ha- well, that so was 1986. The, it's set in the 80s, yeah. It's set right. in 1986. So that's even closer to when this song came out. Yeah, oh, so there's a mean. few people who kind of like, are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Anna Paquin yeah. knows straight away. Yeah, she knows. Yeah. And yeah. She's just like, why would I, you know, um, why would I tell on Billy, him? Billy Baldwin knows as well. Yeah. But, but he, everyone's just kind of like humouring him until the school goes. And his parents mm, want to believe he's a genius, you know. So do you think his parents don't know that he faked this song? No. no. I think it's quite a good observation because if you're a parent, you're so keen to encourage your children mm. that if one of them was to come out and say something like that, then you would play along. You wouldn't immediately dash their 
enthusiasm by saying, you lying twat. <laughs> I know that's Pink Floyd, you fucking liar. <laughs> and it's, it's the teachers that are judging the talent contest. And I think feasibly, you know, they could believe it. There are probably a few kids yeah. in the audience who know, but yeah. probably don't give a shit. I'm pretty sure that's Pink Floyd. <laughs> 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 it's just so odd, though, because he, uh, no, he doesn't have to say, I wrote this. He can just say, yeah, I learned how to play this. It's yeah. Pink Floyd. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. But, that's but he's that arrogant, though, that yeah, he's true, just it? like, I, you know, I could have I could have written it. I think, <laughs> I, did, I did think after I picked this, Oh, it's going to be quite hard to talk about The Squid and the Whale without sounding like a character in The Squid and the Whale because it's a film about pretentiously overanalyzing things. Um, and in, in the case of Walt, frequently things he hasn't even seen, which I think is some of the greatest... Or Red, or rather. Or Red, yeah. Yeah, which I think is some of the, the... Well, he hasn't seen The Magnificent Ambersons. He's seen stills, <laughs> but still confident enough to say that it's that it's a masterpiece. And when Sophie comes to him in, in school and says... What what book does she say she's... Say she, oh, she says she's read Side of Paradise. And he says, oh, that's a minor Fitzgerald. Yeah. I haven't read it, but it's a minor work. <laughs> Have you read The Great Gatsby? That's right. I mean, it, it's funny as well because, um, hope he won't mind me saying this, but my son has a little bit of that, my eldest son, of that kind of precocious um, intellectual snobbery. Yeah. That's really just a total pose. It's not, it's, it's, it's not based on, with my son, it's about indie music. And the way he turns his nose up at stuff that's in the charts or on Radio oh, 1. Oh, yeah. You know? and, that's the and, joy of being a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's so withering about it. It's ridiculous. And I, I, want, I, I wish I could communicate to him, on the one hand, that he's missing out on a load of stuff because there's loads of good, Pop fun music. things yeah. in the charts. And there's a lot to love there. You know, you shouldn't cut yourself off from it because you're denying yourself a whole world of pleasure. But to him, that seems like uh, too much of a compromise and like the Eisenberg uh, character. You, you've got to act that personality and then somehow by force of will, you will become an intellectual just by posing as one. Absolutely, <laughs> in yeah. In your teens. Yeah, I used to lie about the films I'd seen all the time because I just felt it was expected that at, at 18, I should have seen the whole canon of cinema, which of course is ludicrous. And now if I hadn't seen a film, it's quite a good conversation starter yeah. if you go, yeah, oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. I think that's just the way Why some do you people like it? are, isn't it? And you, yeah, you just kind of will yourself into being, don't you? You act the part in your teenage years, yeah, and then that, and then you become that. So you meet a, <laughs> you meet a person in their thirties or or forties or whatever, and you think, wow, that's quite an extreme person, whether you like them or not. But at one point, they were probably just trying that personality on for yeah. science, yeah, and then it stuck. It's really weird to watch to watch teenagers evolve in like that when way. the wind changes changes and your face stays the same that's right <laughs> that's why i think walt is a much more sympathetic character because i think the end of the film we're supposed to think that walt will stop idolizing his father and also i think he does regret the way that he treats this girl i think yeah. he realizes that he's valued his father's opinion too much and he's dumped this actually genuinely intellectual girl yeah. who does know what she's talking about you know she starts to make some wonderful points about metamorphosis after he's recommended it he clearly hasn't read it and yeah. says it's kafka-esque yeah <laughs> which is just a fantastic piece of dialogue but she's much cleverer than he is but and you then can't see it because she's not spy, showing up spy on her having lunch oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. behind the menu let's talk about frank now the, oh frank the younger kid who drinks beer drinks beer drinks he's so intense whiskey and whiskey and spreads his semen, semen around yeah. the school <laughs> that, that's why we it's interesting to speculate which son yeah that's what, I, that's what i'm trying to work out did he become a compulsive masturbator and just wipe his jizz everywhere? 
how did it remind me of how he does it? He like goes to like the corner of the library and like frots himself sort of against a bookcase and then he'll just go wipe it down the lockers. So you know like the start of Ghostbusters when they're collecting the slime? It's protoplasm, miss! <laughs> yeah. I think you got a ghost problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's the standard excuse I use. Oh, it was, I think it was ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good thing to do, though, is it? It's, it's like a sexy, dirty protest. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, then maybe not. I sexy. think Frank is the MVP of this film. Frank's and, awesome. Um, yeah, shame he doesn't seem to have done anything since. No, I did check that. Has he? Has anyone found anything? No, mm. I had a look. I couldn't see anything. Um, it's it's his name, just... Owen Klein, I think. I remember when I was Googling him. I think what's so tragic about Frank is... Perhaps Walt like learns something from this. You know, mm. he, he I think he gets something out of his parents' separation and that he realizes that his father's not perfect. But Frank is so wide-eyed and innocent and, and vulnerable at the start of this film and then just horribly neglected throughout the whole of this. He's just abandoned for a, you know, for a weekend. Everyone just forgets <laughs> to like where it's, so he just stares at himself in the mirror while necking beer, beer and whiskey, <laughs> you know, and nobody cares. Yeah, that's, no what one I, notices. that's what I do now. I drink. Um and it's for Frank it's a real you know, it's a coming of age film for Walt, but for Frank, it's a real premature coming of age. You know, he's, yeah, poor and Frank. He doesn't get his turtles either. Oh, no. So you forget. <laughs> <laughs> they're when they're, because basically, obviously, they have to get a different house. So Jeff Bridges, Jeff Daniels, I'm doing it now. I know. Uh, ends God. up having a really terrible, Bridges, right? <laughs> terrible, like, place. And he's got, like, the tennis poster on his wall, but he really wanted some pictures of turtles because yeah. he really but, likes turtles. Because he idolises. He idolises Billy Baldwin, doesn't he? He wants to be like Ivan. A tennis pro, yeah. And that's but he's thing. a Philistine. Yeah, his dad's down playing Billy Baldwin. I like love that when Frank's like, well, I'm a Philistine too, and his dad just won't have it. <laughs> he's like, what do you want to be? He's like, a tennis pro. And he's like, well, it's, you know, it's hard to be like Borg or McEnroe. He's like, no, I want to work in a club like like Ivan. I just want to be a tennis pro. And his father just can't accept that that's, you know, a accept viable it. career. Yes. Well, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I really liked about Frank was he was quicker than Jesse Eisenberg's character to realise his dad was a bit of a a dick and saying like yeah. oh, I'm actually going to stay with my mum because because you're a tool and I want to stay I want to stay with her yeah. yeah yeah it's good on the on the fraternal dynamics very good because you have to exist in opposition sometimes mm. if you're a brother and sister or two brothers or whatever it happens to be you know you kind of define yourself as the opposite of the other person mm. by default almost and especially when there's a when there's a breakup I would think that you yeah, you pick your side and you stick to it. Yeah. And that sort of comes across. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about Laura Linney, which I think is interesting. I yeah. mean, Joan does get shortchanged, I think, in this story. Um, perhaps it's a very masculine film, and I do much prefer the work he's doing now. I think Francis Ha, I think Gretzko has been a very good influence on him. I think Francis Ha is perhaps the best scene, film I've ever seen about female yeah, friendship. Francis Hart, it's yeah. incredible. And comparing that to this, She's brought a lot of warmth, you know, and heart that is perhaps missing from this film. This, this film's very, very, very cynical. I guess that might be in part because it is from his own experience, yeah, I guess, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And God, it is... imagine being his parents watching this no, film. Yeah, like, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we did that. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, Frank did wipe his jism. Uh, <laughs> why, have you, why have you documented this, Noah? Well, well, he asked you not to tell anyone, <laughs> and now you've made a film about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing that she kind of reminds me a little bit of Meryl Streep's character in Manhattan, Manhattan. yeah, because yeah. she's right, she's right, yeah. she's the most the successful. successful writer, yeah. and kind of they even sort of dress a little bit the same. 
Yeah, that's that's a good, and good kind shout. Of, yeah, that's a really cool thing that she was. She became the more successful act, uh, person in the relationship, and Jeff Daniels was just seething. You could tell he was angry. Yeah, and well, he's very the entitled. Fact, <laughs> <laughs> denying the fact that um, he had no literary agent, for example, and saying, "Yeah, I'm just waiting for some results to come back." He has a massive tool, isn't he? He's. I, I think when I was writing it, I was making some notes, and I just wrote, "Jeff Daniels is the worst human." <laughs> I, I I wrote Father John Misty. That's very good. Yeah, maybe maybe this is. Why do you say that? Because um, or because he just seems totally up himself as well. Yeah, I mean, he's more talented. He's more talented than Bernard, I think. Yeah, but I I kind of this the the Father John Misty persona has a lot of this in it. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, rather than him as a person necessarily. I mean, does anyone really know what Father John Misty is like? Yeah. What's his, oh, name? what's his name? I can't remember his name now. <laughs> no. Oh, Josh. Josh. Josh Tillman. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Where does Tillman end and Misty begin? <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in typical collaboration with Wes uh, Anderson, that was his, Jeff Daniels was supposed to be Bill Murray in the first iteration of the script. Right. Oh, that's that's easy. interesting. Yeah. Oh, in this? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Had Bill Murray made a uh, thing thing with, what's the name? Sisu. <laughs> the live Rushmore? aquatic was the year before no, this. Um, you know, Lost, in Lost in translation. Uh, I think that was probably that could even be two thousand and three. Yeah, yeah, that was I think. Right. Yes, because that this is very much post Lost in Translation. I right. mean, Lost in Translation. It's hard to remember what a big thing that was at the time and and how it redefined these kinds of movies to some degree. I don't like Lost in Translation, but that's oh, another podcast. I haven't going. seen it for a while. Love that shit. I I rewatched it because I that's I, quite a cold. I, I loved the Beguiled so much, and I, I was sort of wondering it. what where does where does that sit in in Coppola's canon mm. and um, <laughs> Sophia Coppola. <laughs> 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 she's she's the most prominent Coppola, right? Uh, <laughs> and I thought I'll, I'll give Lost in Translation another try, but it's still still not for me. It's kind of antiseptic, isn't it? It's, it really is, yeah. yeah. When did uh, Rushmore come out? 99. Yeah. 99. So 98. So, okay. So this is, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. Uh, so this is post-Rushmore, but before... This is post-Tenenbaums. Post-Tenenbaums as well. Yeah, he, he made this the year after he made The Life Aquatic with Wes Anderson. Right. And I think you can see his influence. Oh, in, absolutely. So, like very heavily in The Life Aquatic. You know, that that is a more cynical film than some of Wes Anderson's other work. And it's, you know... The, the fraternal relationship in this is not not dissimilar. Do you think some of that storyline in A Life Aquatic with Owen Wilson and Bill Murray may have actually been a large influence, had come directly from No Bound back then? Quite possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure they were, all of these things were sparking off each other at that point in the mid I didn't know he worked on that with him. Yeah, I think yeah. he also wrote, he wrote the fantastic Mr. Fox with him. Um, and yeah. Da, was it Darjeeling as yeah. well? Darjeeling so as well. yeah, they had that together and then definitely Grand Budapest, he was on his own. I didn't realise um, there was I mean, such a, a team. Yeah, because yeah. I would have said that the ones that Wes Anderson wrote with Owen Wilson are a lot warmer yeah, for the you ones. Yeah, absolutely There's see the difference between them. And they sort of almost alternated for a while, so you knew whether you were going to get a, a cute, <laughs> a, happy a warm Wes Anderson. One. Or a little <laughs> bit like... Or, or a cynical yeah. So Rushmore was Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. You've got yeah. Butter Rocket, Rushmore, Tenenbaums, Owen Wilson. Yeah. And you've got Life Aquatic... Darjeeling and Fantastic Mr. Yeah, Fox yeah. and then Mer Moonrise Kingdom is someone Roman else Coppola's Roman Coppola's in that oh, really? one 
how many coupler? Schwarzman's a coupler as well, isn't he? They're just yes. bringing the whole coupler. Yes. And then and Nicolas Cage. Nick, Nick Cage, Pest. bring him in there. Yes. And then Budapest was his I think own, that's just, that's yeah, just his own. But that was Anderson. So that was him unleashed and allowed yeah, to go the Wes most, Anderson most to... Most Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson can film, be whilst doing Wes Anderson. Yeah, there was so much of all these people working together, like all throughout the 2000s. And that's, I genuinely think that Greta Gerwig is just a breath of fresh air into these type of movies. Yeah. They are so absolutely delightful, like in the purest sense. And I don't mean that, you know, to undermine those films. They are full of delights. I just, I love watching her on screen and collaborating with Noah Baumbach. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Mistress America again. It's so I only funny. saw it in the cinema. I haven't seen that, but I was just going to digress. Have you seen Maggie's plan? Yes, yes. Yeah which isn't by him, but is still um, a fantastic performance yeah. by her. By yeah. Gerwig. Yeah, yeah I love I mean, her. I, I couldn't understand all the fuss to start with because I saw her in Arthur and I saw her in Greenberg and in these kind of crappy films. And then Frances Ha, you know, came out. Is that 2013, maybe? Yeah. Um, and I was just, just blown absolutely away blown it. away by it, yeah. All right, let's go into the scores, guys. Scores time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Zoe, you chose this. So, okay. out of five, um, how, imp- this, sorry, this is a recommendability yeah. score. So, how much out of five would you recommend this to people? Well, th- that's an interesting question because this is not a film I would recommend to everyone. Mm-hmm. But I am well aware of the people that I know that would love it and would recommend it to. I think you, you, you have a pretty good idea of whether you're going to like this film or not. So, on that basis, I'll give it a three. Oh, really? Ooh, I thought it was going to go higher there. Well, no, I love it. But there are lots of people that I know would hate this film. Sure. So, I wouldn't recommend it to them. That's very thoughtful of you, Zoe. <laughs> Adam. Me in another universe would give it a three as well. Helen. I'm, I'm surprised it's, you've praised it's got it so low. There are, there are better I've films. I've got a lot of very basic friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would recommend this to most people, but then I, I just like recommending films to people. But you know there are people that would not take Yeah, I don't care. I just like to mess with them sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess if you haven't seen this and you are a fan of other films by uh, Mr. Bumbag and like <laughs> Wes Anderson, then you should definitely see it if you haven't already. I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I'm going to go four as well for that reason because there will be people oh, yeah. who, who I know have haven't it. seen it. People will, could have missed know, this. Absolutely yeah. love it. It was but a big then, deal when it came out. I was remember. yeah, I saw it at the cinema. Yeah, I was yeah. excited because because the Life Aquatic had come out so so soon beforehand. I think people were quite excited. Yeah. Uh, repeat viewing score, Zoe. Well, I own this and I've seen it several times, so I would give it a five. Yeah. Adam four. <laughs> <laughs> Helen um, yeah about four I mean I've seen it before I think how many I've times only, I think I've only seen it the once maybe um, but I enjoyed watching it and you know I, I am going to watch it again and uh, we'll be watching Mistress America as well as very soon, soon. Possible, as soon as you leave here yeah I'm going to watch it on my phone now four yeah I think it's a three and a bit for me because I think I'd rather watch Francis Ha and Mistress America I think I'll just, it's just, I'll just well, have yeah. a happier time yeah. I think <laughs> Well, you need some light and shade. You, you do. Know. Well, you do. Uh, small screen score. How relevant is this for Netflix viewing? I mean, it is a beautifully shot film and it looked wonderful in the cinema, but I think it holds up very well on a small screen. So mm. I will give it... I, I think you'd be better seeing it in a cinema, but I think it's fine to watch at home. I could say four. 
Adam. I agree. Four. Yes. <laughs> Alan. I'm going to go five. Uh, I don't think it really does need to be seen on the cinema. And um, I think it's quite now nice that Netflix appear to be sort of putting more of his back catalogue on there. So um, get in there now and yeah. have a good go on that. I think I'm going five for small screen as well for that reason. I don't think you need to see it in the cinema, particularly. I don't think there's anything special about it that jumps out. The thing is that these days, people's TVs are so large that it's the actual image that you're seeing is really not that different from... You know, sitting a few rows back at the movies. It's not well, like some, you're totally yeah. enveloped. Some of the yeah. screens in Leicester Square are tiny. In the yeah, studios. The yeah. yeah, never going to see anything in the studios. No, not in the studios. Like, literally, like Empire Leicester Square. I went to see Minions 3. Yeah. And was... Do you go to see Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I was laughing. Um, and we walked. It must have been like... It felt like I was walking up to in the a top cupboard. of a tower. Yeah. <laughs> and I opened the door. It was like me and three of the... Space for three of the people. It's like, Why did you Hi. go and see Minions 3? Minions 3 doesn't exist. It's Despicable Me 3, oh, sorry, right? Despicable Me 3. Oh, yeah, okay. that's the one, yeah. Sorry. You just remember on. the Minions. You just remember the Minions. I took my... Uh, I took my... <laughs> it's got Minions in it. That's all I care about. It's got Minions in it. <laughs> I took my three-year-old niece to see that. That was a mistake. <laughs> she did a lot of wrangling. Oh, wow. Uh, did she ha- did she like it though? She, oh, she liked it whenever the minions came on screen. Uh-huh. That's when she would sit down and shut That's up. So the rest of the time she's like she's American. She'd be like, Annie Zoe, I want to go now. <laughs> and I kept having to go, we'll go in five minutes. And then twenty minutes later, I wanna go. But, I really yeah. want to go. So she sounds uh, like Annie she's Zoe. from the valley. I just can't I mean she's she's, <laughs> she's a toddler. That's, 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 That's my generic accent, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Engagement score. Zoe first though. Five. She's five. totally engaged. Yeah. I'm so engaged. It's going to have to be 2.5. I think that's fair. Between total engagement and total yeah. lack of engagement. Helen. I mean, it's a tricky one because I've seen it before. I mean, I am engaged in it when I was watching it, but I don't think you... It doesn't really command your engagement that much. So I don't, oh. <laughs> don't be afraid to give it zero. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not this time for zero. Um... I'm going to go for 4.5. Yeah. 4.5. Wow. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm going to hit 4.1. Wow. Wow. This is so scientific. But I think next time I'll watch it, there won't be that much in there. And that gives it an overall score of 4.03750. That's quite a high score. That, that is a lot higher than yeah. I thought it would be. Yeah. It's not higher than I thought it would be. Oh, really? You thought it'd be it's five. A terrific film. You thought it'd be fives across <laughs> the board. I think four is bang on. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a perfect four star solid film. four yeah. yeah he's got to be happy with that i dream he'll of be fours. thrilled well tell noah um flix watcher pod gave it four and a bit what do you think and he'll be like yeah i like it <laughs> i'm much. sure he'll be delighted but he, i mean he wasn't it was um he's going to be celebrating tonight in new york <laughs> <laughs> him and greta imagine the life they lead wasn't he oscar nominated the screenplay for this uh yes he was you're right yeah I think. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a, it is a brilliant screenplay <laughs> I always find with his films, even more now that I just write down odd lines, I'm right here. Did this film invent negging? Because he says to when um, <laughs> when when Walt's annoyed with Sophie, he says to her, maybe you shouldn't have so many freckles on your face. <laughs> such a dick. He's I mean, a, we, dick. a bit that I, I wrote a note about was the cat as well. Oh, Obviously, yeah. the cat gets a pretty raw deal. Gets fed the. We didn't uh, talk about the cat. In, what happens to the in, cat? Well, they basically they have to share the cat as well. So oh yes. And then Dad feeds it inferior cat food. Yeah. Uh, and what? And then runs away eventually. 
No, no, no the cat's I, hope, too I think we're, we're to presume the cat's all right at yeah. the end. Cat, the cat runs back home to mum, okay. I think. It doesn't just go slower or stall, which is what happens when you put cheap petrol in your car. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the Twitter. Keep talking for a second. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was ready before. I'm not very good at vamping. What are you looking oh, there we at? Go. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, so we reached out to the guys on Twitter um, to ask them what they thought of the squid and the whale. Mm-hmm. Ah, right. This is on the Flix Watcher podcast Twitter feed. Absolutely, Flix, at Flix Watcher Pod. Oh, at Flix Watcher Pod. He wrote the same thing I did. What's that? Jeff Daniels is the worst human. <laughs> so this is from Shite Guys Pod saying Jeff Daniels and pre-famed Jesse Eisenberg excel as they compete for the mantle of the world of the worst human being. Jeff and, Daniels wins. And that's four squids. He gives I, four I like squids. what I like what he's done there. <laughs> no whales. A few more. Ooh, what's that? That's Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Which. He's in the new film, isn't he? Is he? I believe he is. Oh, that's exciting. What, Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, I can't remember what it's called now, but... You mean this there's more than one new film? <laughs> yeah, you know, apparently. Apparently. It's confusing. Death by Film says, Baumbach's best movie still and really good honest no, performances. Um, kind of the forefront of the mumblecore. It's not mumblecore. <laughs> Whoa. I disagree with this Holy shit. It gives it four stars. So he is apoplectic. Oh my God. It's not mumblecore. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, Rewind Cinema <laughs> says Vintage Eisenberg. I haven't seen it in a while, but probably a strong 3.5 to four stars. Patrick Greenaway. It's massively written and acted, but a hard watch. Very confronting. Very moving. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a hard no, watch. It's really I funny. Mean, it's, and he said, honestly, I'll go four. Bang on what we said here. Yeah. Um, while not everyone will enjoy this film, I think everyone should see it and we'll get something out of it. We'll get knowledge of how to dispose of just some... <laughs> <laughs> not Always well, not well. Pro tip. <laughs> Always useful. Guys, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. you sign up and let us know where we can find you online, on your Twitter accounts or websites or... Check out the Adam Buxton podcast if you feel the urge. Um, you can follow King's Place on Twitter, at King's Place, and come and see some live podcasts and live comedy here. Support live comedy. And uh, you can find me, if you have an interest in doing so, at Zozrat. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks very much for coming on. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye. Chaps, bye. Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Water Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flixwatcherpod and our website, flixwatcher.tv. Thank you.